You are now listening to the Mostly Sober Podcast. What's up, everybody, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Mostly Sober Podcast. I'm Travis O'Neill, and as always, I'm here with my good pal, Zach Uhas. What does it do on this fine, chilling evening? <laughs> chilling evening. <laughs> and of course, Harv's back. Harv's back. I'm back. I'm back. Sorry After I missed last week. Week absence oh, because yeah. of an ice cream emergency. Mm-hmm. Nice beer crack. That was that was good timing. It was good, right? <laughs> it sounded good. It was. It was, it was perfect. Good. We're happy to have you back, man. Um, had to do some, some ice cream therapy to... Gotta get made. Gotta get made, people. <laughs> people love their ice cream. Uh, no, especially especially Jackson's Forms ice cream. Yes, because Harv adds his own special touch to, to all of the batches of creams. Mm-hmm. Don't tell <laughs> people that. <laughs> Don't tell anyone that. <laughs> what, what do we call it? Um, He's the uh, ice cream wizard, bud. Uh, he is. What do we call it earlier today about uh, mailing, the, uh, mailing the stamp? Like, what do you put on a stamp? Oh, man paste. Man, man paste. A little bit of man I thought, paste. Uh, I was thinking dude glue. <laughs> <laughs> also, a very good alternative Solid. to man paste is uh, dude glue. <laughs> here we go with another episode of the Comcast. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck are we doing here? Oh, man. Um, so, so far this week has been an entertaining week, if you ask me. Um, hockey's at full throttle, of course. Uh, my dad bought an iPhone. Welcome to 2018, wow. pops. That's exciting. I Facetimed today. Facetimed him today for the first time ever, and it was. Uh, was he like one of those memes where oh, he shows, easily, like the old people's like, "Is it on?" No, it wasn't and like that. It was I like bet it was like under his face, yeah. like like a very like upward angle yeah. at his face, he like was one looking of those, down at it. One you of those saw, snaps where it's you like saw chin. And then up the nostrils, mm-hmm. and he's just like looking down, like he's reading a book. I felt like a book. In yeah, that the language. exact thing you think when, like, you know, this middle-aged person took their Facebook profile picture from like the take Holocaust. take take your profile pic right now, like the one you pop yeah. off right there. Like, don't get it from your library. Like, yeah. don't get it from your phone. Yeah, that angle. <laughs> just imagine it. The opposite of like every basic chick angle, which is like above and to the right. Yeah. Right. It's just like straight underneath them, like looking down at it. The least flattering angle. Yeah, that look, yeah. looks great. And it's a beautiful upload uh, that bitch. My next my next in uh, my next move that I'm gonna make with my dad is to make sure that uh, he knows how to take selfies and download <laughs> I'm gonna hope that he downloads Snapchat. Instagram. Or Instagram, yeah. Instagram That's, I think is like perfect because it's like the ultimate photo album, honestly. Instagram's great because it's all no drama, all positive for the most part. Yeah, it's hard for people to put in words to a picture that whenever you're angry about something. It's like the one social media that no one's offended all the time. Yeah, like you're not gonna take a picture of yourself and be like, "Man, fuck my bitch. I hate that motherfucking bitch." <laughs> Facebook's for dumb and old people. I agree. I'm with it. Um, Instagram is the healthiest of social media accounts. Yeah, Although very. it actually can get really unhealthy if, like, mm-hmm. the way if you girls, upload, like, follow yeah. like a ton of like supermodels and shit. And, and then like, you're like in a meme hole. The meme, there's nothing. Oh, wrong the with memes the meme are hole. fine. The memes are great. You can wait. Oh, you know what time. I don't like is that I have a lot of friends that we just send each other memes. 
Okay. I don't like these meme accounts that make you follow them so you can see it. Yeah, I know oh, what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, I, actually, Zach's a pretty big culprit of that. He'll send me something that I'll try to open up, and it's just like, this is unavailable right now. And I'm see, like, what the fuck's that mean? Yeah, yeah well, I, I, I will normally follow them to, like, and then as soon as I notice them, like, clogging up my feed with dumb shit, it's immediately unfollowed. And they'll post, like, once every fucking ten minutes, which is super annoying. State of oh, the yeah. Internet Part 2, coming soon. Yeah, and if you follow enough meme pages, then you'll have, like, this, like five different ones posting the, the same, same meme. meme. Yeah. Oh, that's annoying. It's really annoying. Yeah. All right, but uh, let's get into some spookiness. <laughs> that's a very drawn-out yeah, why. You really why. drug that out. Yeah. That's I heroined it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I heroined that one out. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. starting to get tizzy too, man. Me too. I'm, these beers are tasting pretty good. We got yeah. a couple of, we got three good stories for you guys that we're bringing with this episode. Uh, this episode is mainly going to be covering some of uh, some iconic killers uh, over the history, I guess. Um, yes, over the history. Over the history, over history, over time. Shut up, Zach. Um, what? You guys all did USA, like USA killers? Mm, yes, I did. Yes. Okay, good. Me too. I did one as well. Okay, so uh, before we get started into my killer, let's have a mostly spooky beer chug. I'm down with the spook chug. Yeah, spook spook chug. Let's go. Starting it off nice. Ah, My God, I've waited a week for that. That was pretty good. I think you waited less than a week. Well, maybe for the spook chug. No, I, I haven't drank since last Wednesday. That's a lie. Okay. Liar. I did Friday. Never mind. I had, I had <laughs> yeah. two beers on Friday. Two oh, days after the podcast. It's like... That's not drinking. No, no it's not. That's, that's just having like a soft drink with your meal, right? But wait. There's more. What is happening this Saturday that I think is going to have us all drunk? Oh, you Hasa Ween is here. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It, it is here. I can't wait. We are, we're going to share our costumes on our... Uh, on our social media outlets for you guys. Uh, Harv normally takes the cake every fucking year with his him, him and his wives' wives. Him and his wife's... Yeah, um, I, I'm a Mormon. I'm more, a Mormon Harv. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a fucking struggle today. I can't speak. Um, but yeah, they normally take the cake with their Halloween costume, so I'm excited to see what it is. Zach is normally Jason, uh, one of them. Yeah, we'll, from one we'll, of those. we'll see. Maybe not this year. Every now and then he likes to throw a curveball to keep people on our toes. Yeah. He's going to be Post Malone. I'm calling uh, it right uh, now. Dude, how great Post would Malone. it be? Post Malone. Post Maloney's. Okay. You should be a freaking dick. <laughs> just walk around. Teabagging people. No, just add yourself. Be like, I'm Trav. I'm Trav. I'm a dick. I'm a dick. Okay. <laughs> All right, that's All right, That's enough. Okay, so the first killer uh, that we're going to be discussing, and this is the one that I decided to bring to the table I for everybody. I think I really like Mr. Brightside. And then, like, it's that's a good one. Mr. Brightside is a good killer song. Uh, the, when You Were Young is probably my second favorite. When You Were Young was also good. Um, Harv, what is your favorite killer song? Uh, the Spaceman, hands oh, down. Oh, yeah. okay. Spaceman. Spaceman. That's kind of a little. That's kind of a curveball. I'm a t- huge Killers fan, actually. Probably, 
probably my favorite like modern day artist. Okay, uh, I'm yeah. I'm with you. They're pretty good. I don't know if that'd be my favorite, but they're definitely up there. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Solid, so that's our episode user. on the killers. Mm-hmm. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> okay, uh, so the first one, first one we're going to open up with is Theodore Theodore Robert Cowell. Anyone know who that is? By any chance? Enlighten. Ted Bundy. Uh, that was what he was born. Born November 24th, 1946. Uh, definitely a true terror and a serial killer, um, also known as our boy Ted Bundy. Um, some of the things that he committed throughout his time is, obviously, he was a serial killer, a rapist, kidnapper, and burglar. Uh, Bundy murdered norm- numerous young women and girls during the 70s. This was his reign of terror, I guess. Many of his young victims saw Bundy as more so like a handsome, charismatic man. Uh, these are some of the tools that he used to lure women in, young women. Um, Bundy's typical approach would be in a public location, which is kind of odd. Uh, not something that you normally see with, with killers. He would more so fake an injury or a disability of some sort. And sometimes he would even pose as like a, a police officer, a, five, a firefighter, some form of authority figure. Uh, and then he would then overpower and assault his victims. So, you know, he's in a public location, either acts as an authority figure of some sort or perhaps fakes an injury or disability. He would grab the attention of a young female to come over and help. And then he would overpower them and then assault them. Uh, that was his tactic to be able to take advantage of people he's a bitch <laughs> he is indeed a bitch uh he would occasionally revisit his crime scenes and continuously perform more sexual acts on his decomposing victims which is terrible to think about necrophilia exactly um this would continue until some sort of like petrification or wild animals made it further impossible for them to for him to be able to do something to them so he would come back like multiple times that's disgusting uh, like he would just leave them like like in the woods and yeah, yeah in a park or something along yeah, those yeah. lines just come back and like put his penis in mm-hmm. yeah i got it <laughs> <laughs> i knew i knew what they meant what he meant by all that yeah i mean come on i didn't uh, think he was like <clears throat> You know, being like a very unselfish. I didn't think he was just like performing oral on them or anything. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how's it going? How's it going over here? You petrified? Your yet? turn. Your turn, girl. <laughs> You're the back. I'm back. Your turn. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so there was a period of time uh, where he would uh, decapitate his victim and, and actually keep their heads as mementos in his apartment. Wouldn't that smell like awful? Uh, you would imagine that it would, unless he kept them in a freezer, and probably it wouldn't. Uh, this actually happened oh, it to... it would a, smell terrible. I'm Absolutely sure. Absolutely terrible. It, just hanging out in the freezer, like spoiled meat. Oh, I mean, not in the freezer, but... Oh. If you just, like, put them on his mantle. Yeah, like above his fireplace. If anywhere that they could... Be smelled. Decompose, yeah. it would be absolutely awful. That's disgusting to think about. And hopefully he didn't have... Well, ho- apparently he didn't have any neighbors, right? Like, they would be able to detect that shit, maybe. Um, he what he would do is occasionally break into uh, break into people's homes, victims' homes uh, while they slept. That was another move that he did. He was jailed for the first time in 1970 in the state of Utah 
for aggravated kidnapping and attempted assault. He then became a suspect for a progressively longer list before ultimately escaping and managed to murder three more people after he escaped. So that's fucking shitty. He gets captured, gets out of jail, goes to Florida and murders three people in 1978. Uh, Well, he was then captured in Florida in 1978. So the murders kind of spanned a little bit between that time from 70 to 78. He, He then received three death penalties during two separate trials for these murders that he did in Florida. He was described as the definition of heartless evil. He even described himself as the most cold-hearted son of a bitch you'll ever meet. And that's actually a quote from one of the interviews with with him. Uh, It was pretty much hard for anyone to tie him to all of his murders due to the different styles of murders that he did. Uh, The only thing that he can really connect it to was the fact that they were young females. Um, you know, decapitating people. Sometimes you leave them in the woods. Sometimes you leave them some other places. You know, it, it was just yeah, hard to identify that it was all him that he was doing it. But uh, shortly after his, or shortly before his execution, um, after more than a decade of denials, he confessed to 30 homicides that he committed across seven states during the years of 1974 and 1978. So that's insane. 30 murders in four years. Uh, Obviously, the total number of victims is unknown. He's the only person that would possibly know, but most people would, most people actually think that it was higher than that 30 that was discussed. Um, Ted Bundy died by electrocution at the Florida State Prison in 1989, and he was 42 years old. So during all this, obviously, um, while he was in jail, before he was executed, he spoke to a few psychiatrists and some, you know, doctors and try to figure out, you know, basically interviewed him to try to figure out what, if he had any sort of mental issue or something along those lines. Um, But during his psychiatric evaluations, uh, he was determined to suffer from bipolar disorder multiple personality disorder, antisocial personality disorder, and narcissistic personality disorder. This was what he was diagnosed with before he got executed, which is, that's insane. This is like a list. He would be heavily medicated if he was still around. Yeah. I I did a little bit of research about uh, him growing up. Uh, I, I didn't really write anything down. I know that his parents like basically ignored him. Uh, I don't think that they were like abusive in any way, in any way, but I think that they were they just ignored him for the most part, and he was just real quiet in school, didn't really talk to anybody, just kind of kept to himself, and then all of a sudden he just fucking started murdering people. So um, if you if you're around anybody like that, get the fuck away. That'd probably be a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Unless your head, unless you want your head on a mantle somewhere. Really common in serial killers. Yeah, quiet, keeps to himself. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of it's always like some root of uh, like abuse and stuff in their own like childhood and stuff like that. Most of the time. Yeah. Whenever you whenever you come across those stories about killers, you you normally see that they were abused, that they were raped Mm -hmm. victims, victims themselves. Yep. Um, And in this case, Ted Bunny didn't have any of that. He was just, you know, quote unquote, one of the most cold hearted killers or people you'll ever meet. Um it's um, I, I I don't think well obviously I don't think but 
it, it would be extremely impossible for me to become any sort of killer or serial killer like that. I couldn't, I don't even think I would, I would have a hard time taking somebody's life if my life was threatened by them. Yeah, but you got to look at it like, there's a way you've thought 100, 110 times about like, oh, I can kill like somebody. Like driving down the road and there's a bunch of people on a sidewalk and you just think GTA. Well, almost every killer in general, certainly any any serial killer is a sociopath. They're they're diagnosed as sociopath. These people, it's not it's, it everyone thinks of this stuff as like evil or good or like this person is, is particularly evil or has something to do with the devil or some shit. It's just a chemical imbalance. They have a problem in their brain. They have no a sociopath has no empathy. They they don't see the world as in like this is another living thinking thing that feels pain. They don't see that. They don't even understand that. They just know what they themselves want or desire, yeah, yeah. and nothing can get in the way of that. And they don't understand how anyone can actually be hurt. They don't un- they don't get that. That's that's crazy to think about. I you know what I mean? Like just having that mentality. I don't. I couldn't even put my shoes in that situation. No, it's, it's no, wild. you can't understand that. Nobody can understand that. That's why they have to be imprisoned or killed or whatever. It's just... Can you imagine, like, being told differently the whole time? Like, you're this person that sees the world as they do, but being taught their whole life growing up, like, you can't do any of that shit that you want to do in your head. I don't think they actually come to conflict with something like that. They, From what I understand of anybody I've ever read... It's just basically they yeah. technically do what they want to do. <laughs> or it's like uh, like they're fine and then something just like clicks and then they start like going off the rails and mm-hmm. fucking killing shit. Most of these people are not apologetic about the actions they've done. They, they don't feel empathy at all or sympathy in any way. And But none of them, a lot of them have a hard time in admitting to the fact that they have done these things. Is, is it because of the fact that they would be um, persecuted because probably of it? just they're manipulative more than anything. Just like 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 pathological liars yeah. type deal. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's nice. Um, so that is what I have on Ted Bu- Ted Bundy. Um, and of course my my speech is for whatever reason sucking ass today. So I'm gonna shut my fucking mouth right after a mostly spooky beer chug. Hell yeah. yeah, yeah okay, good, sweet. Cheers. Oh, Harv, gonna crack a cold one. That was delicious. Mm-hmm. So fucking cold and flowy. So cold and flowy, like cold a river. Like a river, peaceful and deep. <coughs> Your beer is like a secret that... Okay. Okay. Tell secrets. My serial killer is John Wayne Gacy. So do you guys... Are you both aware of, of yes. John Wayne Gacy? Yes. I'm a bit of aware of... Uh, I've John, seen a few John, John Wayne. Doesn't, um, doesn't Lady Gaga do a song called John Wayne? I think you're thinking of the actor, John Wayne. <laughs> she does. She does. She has a song called John Wayne, and it fucking kicks ass. Well, I'm, I'm sure she does, but it's about John Wayne, not John yeah. Wayne Gacy. No, it's not about some clown. Yeah. So John Wayne Gacy, um, prior to his ultimate arrest and conviction, most people knew John Wayne Gacy as a successful 
Chicago business owner and a friendly man who loved to entertain young children. He frequently dressed up as his alter ego, Pogo the Clown, at parties um, that he would host himself at his house for his entire neighborhood. But by 1978, public perception of Gacy would change forever, and he would earn the ominous nickname of Pogo the Clown. That's fucking... The killer clown, I'm sorry. Wasn't very ominous without the killer part. Killers, killers, a key key adjective. Um, you're a big, yeah. Just uh, Zach's like a really big clown phobia. Same here, actually. Yeah. Oh, really? That's why I chose this one. Yeah, I'm That's terrified nice. of clowns. Absolutely terrified. Okay, now let me ask you, like, which ones are you scared of? Like the ones from like movies that are like, I look at my teeth, I'm gonna kill you. No, not not really. I can't stand the ones that are like at a carnival that are like, hey, let me make you a balloon. No, stay the fuck away from me. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, like, freak out over them, but I don't like them, and I have no idea why anyone in the history of the world thought that they were entertaining or fun in any way. They're creepy to me in every possible way. Just, like, look at him. Just, look how creepy he is. Yeah, he's... Uh, Google, do yourselves a favor, because I know that you're probably connected to your phones right now, but take a little Google at uh, John Wayne Gacy and look for his clown makeup. Pogo the Clown. Jesus. Is that so, his actual, like, suit? Oh, I don't know. But that's really a picture of him. Ugh, I don't like that at all. Can you turn it off? <laughs> <laughs> so, John Wayne... Um, There's a pin. He was born in 1942 in Chicago. He uh, had a pretty tortured childhood, was ridiculed by classmates, even though he was a good student, uh, had an alcoholic, really abusive father, like, extremely abusive father that would really beat the shit out of him in horrible ways and uh he was suspected to always be a homosexual growing up oh no shit didn't didn't help um but he was always known for being like really talkative really uh the gift of gab basically like could be a, a a businessman for sure um, you know what this, not not to interrupt, but it's on my mind. And it was for a few minutes now whenever you started mentioning that he had like an abusive childhood and like a, a hard time growing up. And then you mentioned the fact that he had like a gift of gab and was like really talkative. Mm-hmm. Um, what, and the fact that he's a clown is which kind of, with this kind of like set me to, to think of this was uh, you see a lot of comedians actually that have a hard time growing up and had abusive parents and just like real talkative and they like work their way through that sort of anxiety and depression to to just tell jokes and the fact that he's a clown is like it like weird to me like a weird connection um i don't know i don't know about that maybe i would i I think a troubled childhood or just uh just trials and tribulations in your life in general tend to be a a trademark of artists in, in, in general. That's, that's true. Um, but uh, Gacy, he actually, this is weird, I never knew this. He, early, like, 18 years old, he moved to Vegas, actually. And he worked as a mortician's, like, like, uh, like worked in a, in a mortuary place and actually slept in it, in a cot in, in behind the embalming room. What? Why? Supposedly, I I never knew this, but supposedly he had an experience where one night he got in a coffin with a young man 
a dead young man. What? Yes. And it, like, freaked him out. How the fuck did that accidentally what? happen? Yeah, it didn't like, accidentally happen. He just tried it, like, and it freaked him out real bad because he, like, did it, like, sent him into a state of shock. So he, he like, he was well aware of what he was doing. But Supposedly then... wrote to his mom about this experience. What? Yeah. But anyways, he moved back not long after, back to Chicago, um, went to business school, graduated. He then moved to Iowa, Springfield, Iowa. Um, he got married in 1964 to a woman named Marilyn Myers. Um, he managed a KFC there, and that's where he first got arrested. He was arrested because he allegedly had lured a young man that had worked for him. He hired almost exclusively young men, and he was also rumored to have like made sexual advances on a lot of the young workers he had but he had a 16 year old boy which Haas his name was Donald Voorhees oh yeah see if you fuck with little Donnie he's gonna have to call his uncle so uh oh by the way uh Gacy was also sexually abused as a child oh why did you touch his shoulder when you said that because we were talking about, <laughs> about, about murderers being sexually abused. But um, Harv trying to get fresh in here. No, I think he's just trying to like he's just trying to calm you down because he knows yeah. about all the old men that came into your room when you were a kid. Comforting oh, you. What the fuck is this? <laughs> Trav just scrolled down and there was a picture of a young man's ass on his computer. So, um, so supposedly he uh, he lured this kid into his house, promising to show him pornography. He he apparently um, molested him. That's a giant red flag right there. Not to cut you off or anything, but if I have some gross-looking older dude say, "Hey, I got some porno mags in the house. You want to come look at them with me?" It's like, no, I don't like at all. All this story is is red flags. It's amazing that Gacy got by as long as he did without getting caught. He was like unreal. He was like a huge red flag himself. But anyways, he he supposedly had sex with this young boy the boy ended up telling his dad he ended up um calling the police gacy denied it vehemently denied it um but then gacy being the dumb shit he is and being a sociopath that he is hired another person another young boy that worked for him paid him 300 dollars to beat the shit out of the out of this kid oh my God. well th- he this this other dude lures him into the woods Sprays him with mace and starts beating the shit out of him. Well, the kid, like, he ends up hitting the other kid, gets away, calls the police himself. That other kid gets arrested and tells the cops that Gacy paid him $300 to beat the shit out of him. Gacy goes to court and gets arrested and gets convicted of sodomy in the state of Iowa and sentenced to 10 years in jail. Beautiful. He's only, like, 26 years old. His wife divorces him over this. He's in jail. He's actually, I heard a really creepy audio recording of him. He was the cook at the prison. And supposedly he was an incredible cook. Like, everyone loved him being the cook, but it was a like a news special on what the prisoners were eating for Christmas. And Gacy's talking about, like, the meal he's preparing for everybody. But anyways, he gets off on parole in 18 months. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Moves back to Chicago. Um buys the home in which he commits every single murder that he will eventually commit. He gets remarried to another woman. 
Um, he starts a construction business here in Chicago. And Wh- becomes... where does he get the money for that, though? If he just got out of jail, he had some um, help from his mom. His dad died while he was in jail. He had some help with his, from his mom and buying the house. I don't know where he got the funding to start a construction company, but started a construction company, became a very successful businessman. Was known th- for throwing block parties, having all the the neighborhood like loved him. Everyone everyone liked the guy. Um, uh, this t- this comes back to like the gift of gab, man. Like, yeah, exactly. He's just, just good, good with people. Yeah. Creepy enough, everyone always noted that at his house at his parties there was an extremely horrible smell coming from his house, and he blamed it on some damp area in the crawl space. Yeah. Okay. This is around the time he started dressing up as Pogo the Clown to entertain kids. Um. Something weird about just people that invite clowns over to like birthday parties. Oh, just, absolutely. I, I can never have that. You can't. Can we just get rid of them completely? <laughs> just banish clowns for good. Shoot In clown. 1972, he killed his first victim. Was a 16-year-old named Timmy, Timothy McCoy. He um, lured him from a Greyhound bus station. He was passing through Chicago. Told him he would show him around Chicago. Brought him back to his house and told him he could spend the night. No one knows exactly what happened that night with Timmy, but Gacy claimed that he had killed him in self-defense that Timmy had come to his room with a knife and he had killed him in self-defense. But he also, later, after he had been convicted, um, recounted the murder saying, quote, that's when I realized that death was the ultimate thrill and described killing him as a mental orgasm. He buried that boy under his crawl space in 1972. Holy shit. So is that after all these block parties or during? This is like before even okay, probably. Okay. I mean, th- this is throughout. Um, Gacy was known for bounding, raping, and murdering his victims. Every single one of his victims was between the ages of fourteen and twenty-two years old. All men. He um, divorced his second wife. In 1976, this is four years after his first murder, mind you. Um, She had found uh, homosexual pornographic magazines, things about bondage. Um, She'd confronted him about this. He told her he was a bisexual. They eventually get divorced. Uh, he was also known for, with several of his young men that had worked for him at his construction company, and doing weird things like, hey, like, try on these handcuffs, see if you can get out of them and stuff, and then, like, coming on to them, things like that. No one knew anything was going on with him. He eventually had picked up a hitchhiker, hitchhiker named Jeffrey Rignall in 1978. He had taken, he chloroformed him, made him pass out, took him back to his house, bound him, raped him, chloroformed him multiple more times, and then he dropped him off in a park. This would be the only victim that would ever survive 
and no one knows why he let this guy go. Wow. Jeffrey Rignall wanted to catch his his perpetrator and waited around rest stop the rest stop where he was picked up until he saw a car that he had recognized, followed him back to his house, and filed charges on John Wayne Gacy. Police investigated, along with another investigation about a 15-year-old boy that was disappeared from a pharmacy, they linked Gacy to. They ended up getting a warrant and searching his house. They ended up finding 27 dismembered bodies under Gacy's house and garage. Holy fuck. There was also... Three more bodies found... Five more bodies found in Des Moines River, I believe. Des Plaines River. He killed 33 people in total that we know of. Holy shit. He confessed to the murders and later recanted his confession and said he didn't do it. (laughs) Gifts of gab. He was killed by lethal injection in 19. Every single wow. one of his victims, they believed, was bound, raped, and murdered, either by strangulation or by having their own underwear shoved so far down their throat that they had suffocated to death. Get the fuck out of town. Yeah. That's a fucking awful way to go out. When they, du- when they dug up the graves under Gacy's crawl space, they, there was even multiple graves that more than one body was dug in the same exact spot. Gacy said that there were multiple occasions in, in which he would kill more than one person in a single day. Wow. He also said that he buried them together because he was simply running out of space, which is the reason why he dumped multiple bodies in the river. That and because he was he was getting back problems from digging so many graves. That's fucking insane. Dude was insane. He was supposedly known for for sometimes dressing up as Polgo the Clown while he committed these crimes. He went to jail, was a model prisoner, just like he was the first time he was in jail. He painted many paintings that have even sold at auction, mostly of himself as Pogo the Clown. And, like I said, was lethally injected in 1994. He was around way too long. Dude, the like like of his like 33 victims, something crazy like 17 or something of them had worked for him. Like the fact that they didn't catch this guy is unreal. Yeah, especially after like the whole pay this other kid to beat these other kids ass. I I don't know. Like how does that go under the radar for so goddamn long? And the, you mentioned that the 80s, man. Fuck it. Well, it's the 70s. Yeah. 70s, okay. It was you, the sev- and the 70s was like serial killer like heaven. Oh man. It was crazy. Cuz you're thinking you're talking about a time like these kids would go missing from this l- f- one part of Chicago. They'd go missing and their families wouldn't know where they went. But this was a time in the 70s where you could just people just up and left places and there was no telling they could move one state over. And no one knew where they were at. Right. Cell phones weren't a thing. Like you, you fuck. You could, for long distance, probably you could wasn't actually anything. stay off the grid then. Technically, it's true. 
You mentioned too that um, him and his his first murder happened in 1972. Yeah, he was also married July 1st, 1972. So it was literally the same year that he got married. He committed his yeah, first. Yeah, he murder. was also like like a week before he he got married. He was arrested for impersonating an officer and trying to force a young man to have oral sex with him. Yeah. Like like a week before he got married or something, or like a month before he got married. It said that um, he was charged with aggravated battery and reckless conduct a week before his wedding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Isn't that kind of a reason to get cold feet a little bit? (laughs) You You would hope, man. If you don't get cold feet from that, that's an absolute psychopath, dude. I mean, just an absolute lunatic. it seems as if he was like it was, you know, obviously he was extremely trusted to get away with something like this for so long, and the fact that he was able to get out of so many things and go on, you know, he was undetected. good with people. Yeah, he was good with people. That's how he got on parole in eighteen months earlier in the in the story. That's that's wild, man. That's wild. Um. Were there any type of like did did uh, oh he also just uh, similar to. Uh, Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy, he would uh, keep the bodies around sometimes for several days until they started to decompose before he buried them. Of course. Oh, that's... Sometimes he would keep them under his bed, he said. What the fuck? (sighs) Were there any interviews with his previous wives? Not that I've seen, actually, no. That would be something that I would be... I know, right? ...interested in reading. Yeah, that, that, how about if you're like his neighbor that was like at all his parties and shit and was like, hey, your house smells real bad. And he's like, oh, it's just the musty crawl space. It's oh, just okay. the 27 dismembered teenage boys I have down there. Fuck. Oh, my God. And you were you were at that party, man. Like, fuck he that. He would kill multiple people in a day sometimes. And then in throw a, a block party. And then throw a fucking block party. Ugh. That's ridiculous, dude. That's ridiculous. Sick, right? Yeah. Disgusting. I, I actually came whenever I was trying to decide which one of these guys I wanted to talk about. Uh, I came across John Wayne Gacy, and I read a little bit about him, and I was like, eh. And then I asked you guys which ones you, you were going to be looking into, and Harv was like, I got this one. And I was like, ah, okay. And that's when I decided. Oh, look, there's that. a picture of the cross face. Go down. Oh, no, no, up, up, up. To the right. I pass it again? Right there. Oh, this here. That's where the bodies were. Yeah. Holy fuck. There's like nothing there. Wow. That's like right under his fucking floorboards. Where are the bodies? The In the fucking dirt, bro. You know, buried. 26 victims oh. found there. I think there was one under the garage and one under the back porch. Wow. They didn't even identify all of them. That's, that's fucking... I think there's like four or five of them. They have no idea that's, who That's they just are. crazy to me. Wow. How do you guys feel about another uh, mostly spooky beard chug before we get into our boy Zach Uhas' story? I'm down with that. Holla at your boy. <laughs> what? Alright, <laughs> <sighs> or if I'm asking for another beer so I can have it on deck. Here. Yeah, I'd like one too if you're uh, while you're in there, buddy. While you're in there. Thank you, young squire. I'll take whatever we got, bro. Give him a glass of water. Oh, nice. Thank you. What's a... Oh, yeah, I have a glass of water. If you'd really like a glass of water. 
Harv, thanks for sharing that story, man. Uh, Zach, what do you got on the fucking table for us here, bud? See, I went more in-depth than both of you did because I thought that's what we were going to do. And I can't just sum it up. Okay. If, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I mean, take it away, buddy. Well, well, our feet are kicked up. We're ready to like, relax and listen to a story. All right. I chose Herman Webster Mudgett, better known as Dr. Henry Howard Holmes. H.H. More commonly known as H.H. Holmes, he was an American serial killer. Bum, bum. This is their story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Special victim shit. <laughs> you like that? I did. I thought it was good. Home. While he confessed to 27 murders, only nine could be plausibly confirmed, and the, se- and the several of the people whom he claimed to have murdered were still alive. He is commonly said to have killed as many as 200, though his figure is only traceable to the 1940s. Many victims were said to have been killed in a mixed-use building, a mixed-use building which he owned, located about three miles west of the World Saint, the World's Fair in uh, Columbia. No, that's not right. That's right. Oh, oh, the the World's Fair Hotel, which he informally named the Murder Castle. I'm gonna skip this part. Okay. He called it the Murder Castle? It was dubbed the Murder Castle after, oh, like, uh, after everything was discovered about it. A.J. Yes. Holmes is like one of my favorites of all time to talk about, actually, so I'm, I'm excited. I don't know this. I don't know this. So, Okay, well, we'll get started right now. Holmes was born Herman Webster Mudgett in Glimminton, New Hampshire, in the United States. On May 16, 1981, to Levi Horton Mudgett and Theodore Page Mudgett. Both of whom were descended from the English immigrants in the area. Mudget, what? Mudget, Mudget, Mudget. I can't fucking talk. Just call him HH. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> HH? Oh, no, because I'm going to start saying HHH. I'm start calling <laughs> him Triple H. H. <laughs> <laughs> Mudget was his parents' third born child. He He's had an older sister. People, dude, I can't. Hold on. So this is what I have to deal with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pedigree, he won't dude. watch wrestling, but he, he'll laugh his ass off at my wrestling fucking... <laughs> dude, like, he's, he he was like a serial pedigreeer. <laughs> he's just pedigreed people. Ever. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Fucker. He was a third-born child. Uh, he had an older sister, Ellen, an older brother, Arthur, and a younger brother, Henry, and a younger sister, Mary. Holmes's father was from a farming family, and at times he worked as a farmer, trader, and a house painter. His parents were... Uh, Methodist later attempted to fit Holmes into the abuse of the hands of a violent father, but the contemporary and eyewitness accounts of his childhood do not provide proof of either. At age of 16, Holmes graduated from high school and took teaching jobs in Glimmington and later in nearby Alton. On, 19, on, on July 4th, 1878, he married Clara Lovington in Alton. Their son, Robert Mudgett, was born on February 3rd, 1880. In London, New Hampshire. As an adult, Robert became certified at public accountant and served as a city manager in Orlando, Florida. Holmes then enrolled in the University of Vermont in Bloomington, Burlington, Vermont at the age of 18, but was dissatisfied with the school and left after only one year. In 1882, he entered the University of Michigan's Department of Medicine and Surgery and graduated in 1884 after passing his examinations. While enrolled, he worked in the anatomy lab under Professor Hedman, then the chief anatomer, anatomy instructor, Holmes, had previously apprenticed in New Hampshire under Dr. Nahum Wigged, 
<laughs> noted advocate of human dissection. Years later, when Holmes was suspected of murder, I gotta get that years later, when Holmes was uh, suspected of murder, he claimed to be nothing but an insurance frauder and admitted to using catheters to defraud life insurance companies several times in college. Housemates described Holmes as treating Clara, his wife, violently, and in 1884, before his graduation, she moved back to New Hampshire and later wrote that she knew a little... She later wrote that she knew little of him afterwards, after she moved. After he moved back to Moore's Forks, New York, the rumor spread that Holmes had been seen with a little boy who later disappeared. Holmes claimed that the boy went back to his home in Massachusetts. Well, this is their son. No investigation took place and Holmes quickly left town. He later traveled to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania and eventually got a job as a keeper in the Norristown State Hospital. But quite after a few days, subsequently, he took a position in a drugstore in Philadelphia, but while he was working there, a boy died after taking medicine that was purchased at the store. Holmes denied any involvement in a child's death and immediately left the city. Right before moving to Chicago, he changed his name to Henry Howard Holmes to avoid possibility of being exposed by victims of his previous scams. In his confession following his arrest, Holmes claimed that he had killed his former medical school, cla medical school classmate, Dr. Robert Leacock, in 1886 for insurance money. Dr. Leacock, however, died in Watford, Ontario, in Canada on October 5, 1889. In late 1886, however, while still married to Clara, Holmes married Marta Bellcamp on October, in October 1862 in Pennsylvania. And then in, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, he filed for divorce from Clara a few weeks after marrying Marta. Allegedly, alleg alleging ad identificality. <laughs> <laughs> New song coming to you. <laughs> he claims he could not be proven and the suit went nowhere. But serving paperwork in indicted that she probably was never even informed of the, of the suit in the first place, of the divorce suit. In any case, the divorce was never finalized. It was dismissed on June 4th, 1891 on the grounds of We Want Proposition. Holmes had a daughter with Marta, Lucy Theodate Holmes, I guess, who was born on July 4th, 1889 in England, e Eaglewood, Chicago. What year was all this happening in again? This is in the 1880s. 1880s, okay. And he moved and changed his name just to kind of like... Throw suspicion off. Yeah. Okay. After uh, he had his, his his daughter to his and to his second wife, he spent most of his time in Chicago tending to business. Holmes married Georgiana Yoke on January seventeenth, eighteen ninety four, in Denver, Colorado, while still married to both Clara and Marta. Oh, dual marriage, tri marriage. Oh, it's a tri marriage. Yeah, and none of the wives had any idea. That's fucking that he insane. Was being and they were all in like different states, or yep. what? So he would just, like, travel, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Did he have an excuse for his travels or no? Businesses. Okay. Different businesses. Okay, now, in Chicago, Holmes arrived in Chicago in August of 1886 and came across Elizabeth S. Holton's drugstore at the southwest corner of South Wallace Avenue and West 63rd Street in Eaglewood. Holton gave Holmes a job and proved himself to be a hardworking employee, eventually buying the store. Although several books portray Horton's husband as an old man who quickly vanished alongside his wife, Dr. Holton was actually a fellow Michigan alumni 
only a few years older than Holmes, and both Hortons and both Hortons remained in Eaglewood throughout Holmes's life and survived well into the 20th century. The idea that Holmes killed them is strictly fiction. <clears throat> Holmes purchased an empty lot across from the drugstore, where construction began in 1887 for a two-story mixed-use building with apartments on the second floor and retail spaces, including a new drugstore on the first floor. When Holmes declined to pay the architects or the steel company, uh, what, eight and, eight and iron and steel, they sued in 1888. In 1892, he added a third floor, telling investors and suppliers that he intended to use it as a hotel during the upcoming World's Fair. Though the hotel portion was never completed, furniture supplies found that Holmes was hiding their materials for which he had never paid and hidden in rooms. Oh, and hidden, he, he hid the furniture in hidden passageways throughout the building. The search made the news, and the investors for the planned hotel pulled out of the deal when the jeweler in the building showed them the articles. The hotel was burned to the ground shortly after Holmes was executed and eventually became a post office in the 1930s. <clears throat> One of Holmes's early murder victims was his mistress, Julia Smythe. She was the wife of Ned Connor, who had moved into Holmes's building and began working at his pharmacy, at his pharmacy's jeweler counter. After uh, Connor found out about Smythe's affair with Holmes, he quit his job and moved away, leaving Smythe and her daughter Pearl behind. Smith gained custody of Pearl and remained in the at the hotel across the street, continuing his relationship with Holmes. Julia and Pearl disappeared on Christmas Eve of 1891, and Holmes later claimed that she had died during an abortion. Though, while truly, though, though what truly happened to the two was never confirmed. Another likely Holmes paramour, uh, Emily Sigrin, began working in the building in May of 1892 and disappeared that December. Another woman who vanished, Edna Van Tassel, is also to believe, has been to believe one of Holmes's early victims. <clears throat> while working in... The Chemical Bank building on Dearborn Street, Holmes met and became close friends with Benjamin Peitzel, a, a carpenter with, with a criminal past who was exhibition, expedition, uh, ex exhibiting? Yes, exhibiting in the... That's not it. It's not exhibiting. That doesn't make sense. Exhibing in the same building? Um, maybe like... I would just go with like... He, just, he was just living there or what? I guess in the same building... A coal bin which had been... And he was living in the same building that the coal bin was invented in. Holmes and Peitzel had a high... Had his high right-hand man for... Cap capture? What? This is terrible. Okay, I'm not going to read this anymore. I'm just going to tell you what I know. Let's okay, go for so, it. So this dude, he was uh, a known ins insurance fraud. That he would go... And with all the the wives he was talking about, he took out life insurance on them, and then they ended up disappearing. Like shortly after he took the life insurance yeah. policy on them. Okay. So as he would tell them, "Hey, I don't know where these person," he collect his money and and go mm -hmm. and and move, and he would do this over and over. That's why he had like all these like families everywhere. So as he was building this fucking hotel in Chicago. Guests would complain that the rooms were smelling weird, and they 
would never be heard from again because the rooms are filling with gas and he'd murder them there and hide them in the basement because there was like passageways leading out of there that he didn't let any of the construction workers see any of the blueprints. Mm-hmm. So it was basically kind of like the Winchester house. Right. And we talked about that a few episodes ago where he, we, the, he, he was the only one that had them and, you know, wouldn't let anybody do anything. So it's saying that, like he murdered but people by like either fucking suffocation or he'd go into the room and just stab the shit out of them at, at, at night or whatever. And uh, the thing is, when uh, he when he murdered them, he that wasn't like it. There was an incinerator in the basement, and he would perform like weird fucking shit on these like bodies, like, like he, experiments he, or he, like he sexual went, acts. He, no experiments. He went to like med school and graduated. Yeah, so, well, I remember you saying something about him like studying anatomy in the human body, and then like get, like following a guy that was like under human dissection like he was real into that stuff he would kill people and sell their skeletons to colleges oh yeah uh, dude i do remember hearing that and that's how he made a lot of his money so he yeah. just kept killing people and selling because their skeletons an actual for science. human skeleton was worth so much back then mm. because you can't just go get them anywhere right, you yeah. can't, you, a lot of people don't don't there didn't donate their body for science then now it's like a common thing but obviously, 1890s. He would kill these people and skin them and sell their fucking skeleton. So he started wow. off by killing his wives for insurance money. money. Yes. And then he started to get a thrill out of it and then realized there were other ways to get money a little bit faster. And that was donating bodies of people that he killed to colleges for science, which he knew a lot about that because he went to school for this stuff and he knows that you know this this body that my professor got to dissect cost him this much money to do this and then it probably hit him at some point like oh this would be a quick way to like flip some money over and get money quick so he built a hotel to have fucking people stay at killed them and then sold their fucking skeletons and bodies to colleges that's insane this dude is probably the best con artist I have ever That's heard. That's exact, of. dude. When you started talking, the first thing that came in my head was like, "Oh, this motherfucker's a con artist. Yeah. Con artist for sure." From what I from what I read, is that he had nine known victims for sure, and estimated twenty to two hundred. Yeah, two hundred. Oh my god, That's the, the, the like. Gas chambers inside of his hotel. You said it was it, this. This was burned down. The hotel was burned down after he was executed. So no one re- like there's probably not much documentation on it now. But considering this happened in the this was in 1890s. This was in 18. This was in 1894. No, I mean uh, geographically. Chicago. That's here, bud. That's like that's close. You know what I mean? Let's... Wow, mine was in Chicago too. I know. I was getting excited a little bit when you was talking. <laughs> um. My dude was all over seven states, so he might have touched Illinois. But here's the other thing. when People were getting suspicious, so he took a vacation. Do you know where he might have took a vacation to? Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. London. Oh, okay. Not what I thought. Jack what, the Ripper. What do you think was happening in London at that time? <laughs> Harv's, Harv's, I looked over at Harv and I just saw the mind blown happen. <laughs> he motherfucking jacked a ripper. I, wasn't there a series? I'm getting to that. Okay. There was no rec- uh, records of 
H.H. H. Holmes in Chicago during the time, the times of the five Jack the Ripper murders? Five? Wow. Was there? Was it five? I believe there were five. Because they all happened in like three days, I'm pretty sure. I have no idea. I actually always kind of assumed it was more than that because I was. It wasn't like very, how big of a deal Jack the Ripper I, was. It, I think it was it, big the big deal, deal was of he how was, he killed them. Yeah, he was super gruesome, from what I remember. No, just it, a it was strangulation, not, wasn't no, it? No, 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 no. It was gruesome, but it was clean. If that if that makes sense uh, to you. Oh. Dude, it, yes, because it makes perfect sense. This motherfucker knew the human, the human body like any, like nobody else, especially another murderer, right? Like, there's what other murderer you know went to school for anatomy and being able to dissect a human body, and then this guy goes and kills people in London, and his kills are so fucking professional and so done well. It makes perfect sense that it would be H. H. Holmes. And the transcript from the boat, like, during this time, they they look back, and there was an HHH on the transcript, traveling from America to London. Holy shit. Well, it was known, though, that he went... Why would it be HHH? He didn't want to spell anything out. Right. It's just he a... just uses his initials. HH Holmes. HHH. But but it was known though that he it, did go to makes, London. It makes a lot of sense. I didn't know that. Jack, I didn't. I didn't actually know that much about Jack the Ripper. I knew he strangled his victims. To I death. think there was one, one that he choked, one that he strangled completely to death, and yeah. that's it. But the other ones, he tore intestines out. Fucking. It, it says I thought he split had, a girl from the vagina the, to the he, neck. Here's an idea of the type of. I remember hearing that, that he Jack did. the Ripper was like really. They believed that he could possibly be elderly because he had seemed to be really weak. Like he couldn't strangle them to death or something. Like he had, tr- like it was. I mean, it's honestly impossible to know. I don't know, know why I remember that. There's but. so much shit. I, I'm reading here that the term ripperology was coined to describe the study and analysis of the Ripper's cases. That's pretty intense. I know people are, like, really obsessed with that serial killer. There is a fantastic series on the History Channel that came out last year. It's called American Ripper, where H.H. Holmes' great-great-great-grandson was investigating the case. Yeah, he had, like, letters and shit. He he doesn't think. He knows that that motherfucker did it. Yeah, he knows that Jack the Ripper is H.H. Holmes. Who is this? His fucking fifth grandson. Who's fifth grandson? H.H. H. H. Holmes. Holmes. Whoa. Yeah, dude, it's fucking nuts, bro. You gotta watch it. Man. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really solid series, man. And the best part, like, it's totally, like, we, you discovered it just by Haas telling his story. Haas tells his story, and he says he goes to London, and then you're like, oh, Jack the Ripper. Like, that's the first thing that comes to your mind. But, like, the fact that his own family is researching this. Like, they have a little bit more fucking evidence that this shit happened than we know of. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a big mind, mind fuck. Okay, well, in, uh, in 1885, Chicago police and reporters began an investigation of Holmes building in Eaglewood, now locally 
referred to as the castle, though many sen sensational claims were made, no evidence was found in which he have convicted any crimes in Chicago. This is the murder castle you're talking about? Yes. Okay. According to stories from, you know, the 21st century or whatever. But as he was executed, this is a, this is a quote from him. I was born with a devil in me. I could not help the fact that I was a murderer. No more than the poet can help the inspiration to sing. I was born with the evil one standing as my sponsor beside the bed where I was ushered into the world and has become, and he has come with me ever since. H.H. Hmm. Holmes. And then there is another conspiracy story that he convinced somebody that looked genuinely like him to get killed for him. And that he didn't get executed. It was a beheading, too, by the way. How could he... I, I don't see that anybody would want... Would be able to... I, I find most that famous con I, man. I find, well, yes, I understand. World, world's most famous con man, but you're not going to con somebody out of their life, I don't think. Um, hey, if, it, if you're, unless not, if you're poor and he's going to give all this money to your family. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's what I, I was just getting to that. Like, maybe it had something to do with, like, hey, I know how to take your daughter or take your wife or take your family and I will fucking do it unless you kill yourself for me. Um, yeah, I'm just going to apologize real quick. I'm not the best fucking like reader. I mean, I can read obviously. It's just, I mix words up all the time. It's, uh, it's the way that the letters are, are put out for you, dude. I know. I can't. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> These letters are just there. I, I, thoroughly enjoy the story of H.H. Holmes and I, once you said like as soon as we mentioned the fact that we were going to do a killer episode <laughs> um, you immediately said H.H. Holmes mine and I'm I know a little bit about him uh, obviously you've enlightened me on a few things that I was unaware of but the fact that you like tackled it I was like okay good I'm excited that we we talked about it. He's one of my favorite ones to talk about. It. And as Harv said, there's plenty of people that's really obsessed with H.H. Holmes. And I think, we're well, not H.H. Holmes, but Jack the Ripper. But I think because of the fact of the potential tie to H.H. Holmes. I, like, Yeah, that's really cool. I, I, know, I didn't know H.H. Holmes. so. But you knew Jack the Ripper. I, yeah, of course. Right. Um, well, then you might know H.H. Holmes. Maybe. But... I didn't like that I saw that it was America's first serial killer, because that's certainly not true. Well, well, maybe labeled. Maybe. Who do you? Th who was the first serial I killer? I just talked about it a couple weeks ago. Madame Laurie in New oh, Orleans. Yeah. She was absolutely a serial killer. You're right. Okay, down. true. You're, dude, you're fucking right about that. Oh, we have... We, now, this is why Harv is a conspiracy theory expert. He knows... He knows he's going to get people, like, brains turning with this shit. Maybe we'll all have to watch this doc series, and we'll do an episode about it later, later some other time. I'm, I'm with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah I think sure. there's only four episodes. We'll, we'll totally have more, more episodes with Harv coming up in the next few months. Obviously, he's a frequent flyer here with uh, the Moses Sober Airlines. So, <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> Moses Sober Airlines. <laughs> Oh man! Shit. Uh, anything else you guys uh, want to discuss before we wrap this fucking episode up? I'm I'm good. 
All good. Yeah, I like it. I want to watch some YouTube videos on these killers, though. Yeah, I'm pretty excited <laughs> to sit down and just have a couple more beers, to be honest with you folks. Um, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Mostly Sober Podcast, October edition. We'll be back to our comedy shit here real soon. Uh, well, give we you sprinkle it in a little bit. Oh, you know? absolutely. We, we like to keep the, the, the consistent people happy, you know? There's been a moita. There's been a moita in Boston. In Savannah. In Savannah. You gotta don't say it with like more of a Savannah accent. I don't even know Savannah that it's much. More like a it's a real like dance Yes, exactly. What's what's rolling out of your mouth? What'd you say? It's, a, it's like a Savannah is like a warm <laughs> molasses rolling out of your mouth. <laughs> Did you say you like warm semen coming out of your mouth? That's not at all like what I said. <laughs> I gotta take it. Okay, well, of thanks for listening this week, and uh, you can follow me and Harv on social media. Just type in our names. We're there, and Trav is not on it. <laughs> yeah. I'm banished. I'm banished. Hockey season's coming up, so Twitter, watch it's out. It's already there. Like, is uh, he ho- stupid? Okay. The, the, He's stupid. <laughs> stupid. No, I mean, I get banned all the time on Twitter for hockey season, so. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well. All right. Bye. Have a good fucking week. We'll see you in a week. Yeah. Peace. Peace.